Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. All right, we got a lot to do this morning. Um, before we kind of jump into, uh, into groups, get talking, get the brain warmed up and things like that, just kind of want to let you know what's uh, going on around here. We've had a lot of opportunity for prayer. Um, obviously, just with, you got the flu and you got COVID definitely making its rounds. Uh, and, and as we told you in the email, it's going to. Um, and so just encouraging, uh, be proactive as possible, be as smart as possible for everything. Um, and so, uh, so we're praying for a lot of people. And um, as far as connection groups, those are going to start back up in January. And again, just want to remind you, if you do nothing, you stay in your group. Otherwise, you can sign up uh, online for that. But we're kind of just taking a break during the holiday season, people are traveling, all kinds of things going on. So, um, but what I want to do this morning is uh, appreciate you guys praying. We've been lifting up. Laura Lee's going to come up here, and uh, we've been praying for uh, for her dad, Mark. And um, you know, he's uh, higher risk, just with uh, um, you know where where he's at. And so, uh, COVID hitting pretty hard. I just kind of want to explain how he's doing. A lot of people are asking. Does it matter? What mic? This one over here. Um, so, Laura Lee, why don't you just kind of catch us up uh, just on how he's doing, how we can be praying. Uh, and then what I want to do is um, uh, just kind of gather around Laura Lee and have us kind of come together and just uh, take time and kind of pray for her. So, is it, is it my mic that's feeding back on hers? Try to move over a little bit. Um, so... Tomorrow will be two weeks since my dad's been in the hospital. Um, he's doing a little bit better. He's only needing 15 liters of oxygen as of today, and he was needing 30, so that's good. Um, the pneumonia's getting better. Um, the markers are showing that it's going down, but it's still there. Um, he's very, very weak, um, but he was able to finally feed himself for the first time the other day. Um, and that was his first time eating solid foods in a while, so that was good. Um, he's definitely not out of the woods yet. Um, so if you guys can still continue to pray for his oxygen. He needs to be able to be on two to four liters to be able to come home with me on home oxygen so I can take care of him at home. Um, and that's really my big prayer. And that he's strong enough, because they're talking about maybe him going to a rehab facility, but I'd really like him to come home with me instead. Um, I've already prepared the room for him and everything. Um, and he does hallucinate a little bit, um, but when I'm able to tell him what's actually going on, he's able to pause and think for a moment and see that what he thought was there is not there, or how he, he thought, he was wondering where one of his friends were, and I was like, he's in Chicago, and he's like, well, why is he over there? And I'm like, because he lives there, and he thought, and then he started busting up laughing, so I was like, okay, good, he, he gets it, um, but yeah, we, so we still need, it's, it's headed in the right direction. They said it's going to be a very slow healing, but they do think he'll make a full recovery. Yeah. Just it's going to be a long time. Um, we, so we pray, Mark, pray for Laura Lee. Um, she works for the church. She's a realtor, mom, wife. And then when things like this happen, all you guys know, it kind of just, but she's doing a phenomenal job prioritizing this. This is when uh, these are the things that matter, taking care of family and things like that. So um, we want to pray for him. Pray for her. Then when mama's busy, that affects everybody else, right? 
Hubby's wandering around the house, wondering what to do, what's going on, all that kind of stuff, the kids. So we want to um, be lifting you up. The other thing she's done an amazing job is, and I want to encourage you guys with this. Um, again, what we've seen so far is that, you know, in general, and as uh, the flu, COVID, different variants, you're going to hear all kinds of things as it kind of goes through. In general, right now, um, most people, most population is going to be fine. You're going to recover. Everyone here at church, gone through a lot of families, things like that. People still sick this weekend. So, um, but people that are more susceptible, we want to be praying, be smart. Um, also just making sure that you really understand that medically, make sure you own what's going on with family members and what's going on with yourself. We want to highly encourage you with that. Um, and be smart about, it. make sure that, that you kind of have a plan, um, that, you know, whether it's just shutting things down, different types of medicine, um, you came across some great options that have yeah. really been huge for your dad. Yeah. Um, and you've had to really make sure that you know exactly what's going on, talking to doctors, things like that. And that's where I really feel like you've loved your dad and protected him phenomenally. Um, but what have you seen that's good information for us as far as like, hey, make sure you know your options and things like that when it comes to anything medically. Um, okay, so these are just some other options. You know, it's up to you. But I highly, highly recommend that if you or an elderly person gets COVID, that you go get the monoclonal antibody treatment right away. You have to do it within 10 days of having symptoms. My dad got his on the ninth day, so it was a little late. I really wish I would have known. Um, I was able, because I was exposed to him, because I drove him there, they actually asked me, you know, you can get it for exposure in case you get it. So you won't end up in the hospital. Do you want to get it? So I got the antibody treatment as well um, there. And I know there, some people are saying there's doctors out there that won't prescribe ivermectin, but there are. And the mm -hmm. ivermectin really, really, really helps. That, yes, with the hydroxychloroquine, which we were able to get the hydroxychloroquine right away, but the ivermectin is kind of hard to find. And you can... Buy it online. There is an international website, um, pharmacy called I All Day Chemist, and you can order it, but the ivermectin right now is on back order. But there is doctors around here, and so I do know of an urgent care in Imperial Beach that you can go to, and they will prescribe it, and they'll send you to a pharmacy that will fill it, because there's also some pharmacies out there who just won't fill it. But if you go on the CDC, you will see that ivermectin is a drug used to treat COVID. Mm -hmm. COVID. The hospitals, when they get you get there, they go straight to remdesivir because they make more money. Um, but people are not doing well on that. Some hospitals won't even give it. There have been people who've had to sue the hospitals to get their loved ones the ivermectin. Um, and so then other hospitals, like my dad's, like they're willing to do it only as a last resort. And it's just so ridiculous. You really need to get on that ivermectin quickly. Um, so I have, um, I was so blessed that I went to this seminar with a whole bunch of medical professionals um, two weeks ago, right before my dad got really, right when my dad started to get really, really bad. Um, and so they've kind of walked me through and they've shown me where to get the antibody treatment. Some places want to charge you $800, $1,500 and you can get it for free. So please reach out to me. I have the phone number. I have the address of where you can go. Um, and if you have any other questions, I can even hook you up with the team of nurses and doctors that I've been talking to. Um, they have a COVID um, hotline so that you can call in case you have any questions. Yeah. Uh, God's put you in the position where you really need to get informed quickly. Now, some of you might be like, Brian, just get to the Bible. What are we doing? Well, because we care about each other. And again, 99% of us, a lot of these things we're not even going to need, but we all have different family members. Just don't get paralyzed. Yeah. Own it. 
research it. If you need help, um, talk to Laura Lee because she was thrown in the deep end and she's done a phenomenal job of loving her dad and protecting her dad. And that's not any doctor that doesn't know our family. <laughs> that's not they're going to be there necessarily on the forefront of their mind. It's going to be family members. So just, just encourage you uh, with that. But we also can have great faith just in prayer. And uh, where we've seen answered prayer is we were yeah. praying for immediately for God to give them phenomenal nurses. And uh, he did that. So God's answering prayers to, to take care of him. So, Lorley, what I want to do is, um, this is what's nice about being kind of a little bit more small and intimate, is I want to pray for her, but I want her to feel the love. And so some of us will circle around, lay our hands on, and we can just kind of circle, lay hands on the person, lay hands on them. But let's just really, the Bible talks about this, lay hands on one another, um, which is a very just loving thing to do, and then pray. And I'd like any of you to pray um, that want to pray. Uh, pray boldly, pray in faith for Mark. And again, the whole family. So, um, so I'm going to turn off the mic so we don't feedback. And uh, let's go ahead and just right here and just come around right now. Uh, if you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 9. We're almost halfway through the book of Acts. As we've been looking at the, uh, what we're calling the mission, which is the mission of God, the mission of the Holy Spirit. Jesus fulfilled, in a sense, his, one of his main missions, which was to come here, preach the good news, die on the cross, resurrect for our sins so we don't have to die and not resurrect, so we know we have eternal life. Now the Holy Spirit um, is giving us uh, real life as far as really leading us and is not just with us, but God is in us. And so the book of Acts is the mission of the Holy Spirit. And the thesis for today kind of the main idea that we'll be looking at is this. God is always working before us, beyond us, and with us. It's a really important concept. God is always working before us, beyond us, and with us. So, the first eight chapters, we see that the church is formed. It goes for a few years. We're a few years into the church, uh, their history now. And uh, they had their, uh, they're starting to get persecuted now because they're growing. And so uh, they're taking people away, resources away, money away. And uh, they're bothering uh, the religious status quo. And so now they're being dragged off, put into jail, or they're being killed right out in the streets right now. It's a mob mentality of what's going on. And so uh, the church is starting to spread. And so we're seeing that the hand of God sometimes uses bad situations to do really good things. Because I think the early Christians are kind of like, we're comfortable here. We have our home. We have our family. And if you think it's hard to move here in Southern California, back then where nobody traveled, you were born there and you lived there your whole life. And then think about the, there's no social structure. Your family is everything. If you go somewhere, no job, no food. You have to kill your own food, grow your own food. Like it's a different mindset. And, but God knows as far as if I'm going to get the gospel, if we're going to reach the whole world, people, they're comfortable, right? And so God will use situations to make us uncomfortable to move us. And so then we see in chapter nine that one of the main people that was used, God is going uh, to persecute the church now he's going to use him and make him a part of the church. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Meanwhile, says, and that's the meanwhile. The meanwhile is the church is being persecuted and scattered. Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. 
He went to the high priest and asked them for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if they found any there who belonged to the way, which is their early name for the uh, Christians, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He says, who are you? <laughs> Just be a normal question, like, what, what, who, what's going on here? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now, what's interesting is we read a lot about this in the book of Acts, these kind of supernatural things. And I don't know if you're like me, but maybe some of us know people or we're the kind of people that in order to like follow God, we want something supernatural like that to happen, like to make it real. Like I want, I want like a, an angel to show up or Jesus to show up. Like I want something substantial, right? Or maybe we've heard stories about it. Missionaries come in, they tell stories in Africa and, and you know, Asia and India. And you're like, why doesn't that ever happen here? Have you ever thought that before? Like why do all the crazy things happen outside America? <laughs> well, you got to remember that when the gospel's growing, they don't have the New Testament. You realize that right now. All they have is the Old Testament, and then they have the apostles who are writing letters, which will form the Bible, and then people preaching. This is why later on in Acts, the disciples are going to have to go into certain towns, and they think they're Christians, but they, they're a little off, because words are just kind of spreading. And here's what I want to remind you is that the gospel is the main thing that changes people. But where the Bible is lacking, usually God uses more supernatural, miraculous things to bring people to him. But then once he does that, he brings them to the Bible. Um, when I went to India multiple times, um, where there was no Bible in their language, or like little villages and cities had no Bible, they experienced a lot more miraculous things. I remember there was one lady there, and I'm like, you know, she was a Christian. She's the only Christian there. And I said, how did you become a Christian? And she said, Jesus showed up to me and said, I'm sending someone to tell you about the truth. Because she didn't have the Bible. And she worshiped multiple gods, hundreds of gods. And so then it was a few weeks later, a missionary showed up, and that's how she became a Christian, the missionary. And she goes, I've been expecting you. But once you have the Bible, here's what's important is, God doesn't want us to be enamored with the miracles. He wants us to be enamored with the gospel, that Jesus died, rose again for our sins, and we can live forever. Never lose that, that that's the main thing, rather than chasing something, you know, thrilling and things like that. But just so you know, God uses miracles in the Bible, but all miracles point to the Bible. And so that's why um, this happened, and he had this, and Jesus literally showed up to him um, in a supernatural experience. Now, it says that he told them him what to do, and it says the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, verse 10, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision and said, Ananias, and he said, yes, Lord. And he said, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, and asked for a man from Tarsus named Saul. Remember how we talked about last week that the Holy Spirit 
one of the ways that he, his main mission is to work specifically through us. I want to remind you from last week that God and the Holy Spirit have specific things for you in life, but are you listening? So the Bible kind of leads you generally, love one another, but the Holy Spirit might say, love this person. Pray for one another, but the Holy Spirit might say, but pray specifically for this person. Serve one another, but this week the Holy Spirit might have someone specific for you to serve. Thus, if we're not listening to the Holy Spirit, we're not getting specific assignments. Notice how God works in the book of Acts. Doesn't that change your week if you feel like God has something to say to you this week? That there's a specific way God wants you to love your kids or your spouse or someone at church or someone at work? That's, to me, that's exciting. Well, Ananias wasn't so excited because look at the assignment he's going to get. He says, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Notice that, as I said before, God is always working before us, beyond us, and with us. If God has an assignment, that means he's already working on that person, which means you don't have to work that person. They're not a project. You don't have to do everything. God's already done everything. You just participate with them. So if God has an assignment for you, that means he's already working on the situation ahead of you. You don't have to stress out. Trust him. God is working before us, beyond us, and with us. And so he's already working on Saul, and now he's working on Ananias to work with Saul. And he says, in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias and come, uh, come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. So I don't know if you've noticed in the Bible, sometimes people like to debate with God. I don't know if you've ever debated with God before, but it always goes the same way, right? We always bring up these reasons of why God can't do a certain situation or why we don't want to do a certain thing. And it always ends with God getting his way. And so he looks at him and he says this, but the Lord said to Ananias, go. Why? This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. Saul is killing Christians and God's going to use him to reach people for him. Isn't that crazy? I don't know if you noticed, but God doesn't work the same way we work. Like, why would you use someone to reach people for him? And right now he's killing them. That doesn't make sense. We would say, no, 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 find a good Christian, grown up in a nice Christian home, has their theology, they go to Bible school, they're very pure, their biggest sin is they say, you know, a bad word once a month, you know, they might eat too many cookies every once in a while, but otherwise they're soft, you know, those are people, it's like, they're like, oh, right? And God's like, nah, no, I'm going to use someone right now that's persecuting to actually reach them. God is always working before us, but he's also working beyond us. I just want you to know you will rarely know what God is actually doing because you can't fathom it. How many things right now in your life could you imagine 10 or 15 years ago what God would have done, 
whether it's financially, physically, spiritually, relationally. Too many of us try to think, we think, oh, this is what God's doing. You're wrong. You're wrong. The Bible says that God's way is not our way. So just relax. You don't know. It's okay for us to say we don't know, but we know that God is good, that God is engaged, and that he's got crazy plans. And so we just trust him, even when it looks like it's not going to work out. I mean, this guy's like, I don't want to visit a guy that's murdering people. That's my death sentence. He's like, nope, he's my chosen instrument. He goes on to say in verse 16, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Verse 17, then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. And he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me that you may again be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell off uh, from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up, got baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. We're going to look at the story of Saul over the next few weeks and what God does, but do you notice how the Holy Spirit works here? First of all, he's working before you on people, even people you think that God can't reach. Nobody's outside his grasp. Don't ever prejudge. Don't ever think you know what's going on. Just trust him step by step. He's working before you, and he's also working beyond you, what you, what you can imagine, how he wants to use you, how he wants to impact others. But he's also working with us. As powerful as God is, he's working with us. You'll notice in the book of Acts that everybody that's really transformed, even if they have a miraculous experience, God uses people to really bring in the gospel and to bring in maturity into their lives. That's why whenever, whenever someone says, well, it's just me and God, all I need is Jesus. It's not true. It's not true. You need Jesus and his people. And we all do for true transformation and for change. How crazy is that? Think about this. Saul would change his name to Paul. He would write most of the New Testament. He would be on the forefront of missions over the new world at that time. This is the last that Ananias has ever mentioned. But think about his life. He was a catalyst. He was a part of praying for and baptizing someone that would change the world. And God wanted to use him. I'm sure that changed his week. And what joy, and just be like, what that does, I was like, I was used by God. I was used by the God of the universe. That, that spoke the universe into existence. I was used specifically by him. And how powerful that is. I believe that the reason we struggle with this is I think many of us think the end result of God is just for us to kind of meet him and be changed by him. And then we're kind of like in retirement. Then we just wait to get to heaven. We might work part-time here or there, but we really can lose focus. <laughs> I was listening to a, a podcast, this guy, A.J. Hawk. Um, he was, a, I believe, a linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. Really good. Uh, he played for the Ohio State. Uh, university, and uh, that's how they say it. And so um, he was a, he's a college football legend, but he retired a few years ago. And in his retirement speech, he said, my greatest fear is that I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I'm, gonna be, I'm not going to be waking up till like 11 o'clock in the morning and just kind of like, I'm not going to know what to do with my life. 
And I think a lot of us are that way as far as God saves us. And then it's kind of like, okay, now I'm on retirement. I'm saved. I'm good. And we don't really have any focus. And when you don't have focus, you can get lazy, right? Like why wake up at 5 or 6 a.m. and do a workout if you feel like I'm, I'm not playing football anymore? There's no purpose to my day. And when we don't have purpose for our day, that's when we can all get lazy, right? Because why wake up? There's nothing going on today. And so it's interesting, he, he, he transitioned into broadcast and he, and he goes, I'm thankful for broadcast because I have something to do. I need something to do. And I think I was thinking, man, it's the same way when it comes for us as Christians. If you think God has no assignment for you this week, why read the Bible? Why pray? Why listen? He's not going to use me. I'm some schmuck, right? In Riverside, there's billions of people. And I think we miss the movement of God when we minimize not only him, but we minimize ourselves. And here's the thing. I think life never becomes exciting. Life is exciting, not just when God does something in your life, but when he actually uses your life to impact others. That's when it becomes exciting. That's when it's like, I got to wake up today. I got to read my Bible. Why? I got to be ready. Ananias needed to be ready. He needed to have a heart that was ready. Because God had an assignment. You're going to baptize a murderer. <laughs> You're going to baptize. And then he's going to go change the world. We also have to remember this. Nobody is beyond the gospel. So always be ready to reach anyone. You never know what God is doing that you don't know about. When they lay down at night and they think about their life, as rebellious as they are, that God might be doing something. He might be giving them a vision. He might be tweaking something. And are you ready to be used? Have you trained your heart? Have you trained your mind? Are you ready to pray for someone? Are you ready to reach someone with a, with a word or with hope? But do you have that hope yourself? The reason I wanted us to think about the changes because sometimes I, th I think we forget that God is constantly changing people and that's our hope. That God is working before us, beyond us, that most of all he is working with us. This is why this is the words of Paul and, and when he wrote to the Corinthian church, he says, therefore, since God, uh, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We don't use deception to bring people to God, nor do we distort the word of God, glossing over certain things. Oh, there is no hell. Oh, there is no sin. No, we don't, we don't need to help God with editing. If someone can't handle the reality of sin, the reality of heaven, the reality of hell, the reality of God, the reality of devil, the whole thing, they're not ready to come to God because all of us come to God with the humility of we don't know, and it's his world that we live in. It's not God living in our world. So don't edit for God. Let someone hear the full gospel, the full reality. He says, we don't distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age, which is Satan, has blinded the mind of unbelievers. That's why it's significant, the scales on his eyes, you know how he went blind for three days and then he could see? Remember this, that for someone to come to Jesus, it's not an intellectual thing, 
It's not proving how God created the world billions of years ago. We don't have to go through this scientific thing. It's not an intellectual pursuit. It's a, it's a, it's a perception thing. You either see God or you don't see God. And here's our role, is the Holy Spirit uses the church to reflect the love, the truth, the hope, and the joy of him. That's what our role is. So people, the scales can fall off their eyes so they can see God through the church. That's our goal. And so he goes on to say that, that our, our, our gospel is veiled, but only to those who are perishing by the God of this age, he's blinded the mind of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. That's the church, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, as ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God said, let the light shine out in darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Never lose hope. Light is supposed to shine into darkness. And this is the mission of the Holy Spirit. And what, what, when they wrote the book of Acts, what Luke wanted us to see is light pierces the dark of the dark of the dark of the dark. And so never forget that. No matter where people are, we pray for them. We're prepared if God wants to use us to reach them. But we have to remember who God is. This is what motivates us to read the Bible. This is what motivates us to pray. This is what motivates us this week to make sure that we're not allowing sin to distract us. Because this week might be the week where God wants to use you to dramatically change someone's life. Why? Because God is always working before us. God is always working beyond us. And God is always working with us. And I hope that's inspiring. I hope that gives you purpose, that gives you the reason to be listening to God this week. To be aware and to not minimize how he might want to impact you. Because the Holy Spirit's still on mission. Jesus says that he's not coming back until everyone that it's fulfilled, that all that needed to hear the gospel, I've heard the gospel. And that's our assignment. We have an assignment. We have a purpose. We're not retired. We're not just waiting for heaven. We're here to work until we get to heaven. The worship team's gonna come up, and as we worship, um, I hope that this, that God begins to speak to us during worship. God begins to give us assignments. God begins to prepare us for what he has for us this week. And here's the thing. You might not fully understand what he's doing. He's not asking you to. Just serve him. Just follow through. Even if it's scary, even if you're like, ah, it's uncomfortable. I don't know if I want to do it. Trust him. If he's prompting you, if he's leading you in some way, because you don't have to understand his plans, but just know that he has plans. Also, this is a great way for us to just to worship, uh, take communion during worship, to kind of commission ourselves that we are representatives of Christ. We are Christians. We represent him. We don't represent our own agenda. We don't just represent uh, whatever we think. We represent Jesus this week, and there's a responsibility to that, and there's an excitement to that.
And so, Jesus, we come before you now. And, Lord, I just pray for us as a church that, um, that what we see, how you work, is just beyond our ways, God. It's incredible that the very person that was responsible for the deaths of the first Christians, that you saved that person and that you used him to reach people for you. Your ways are beyond our ways, God. May we not try to figure you out, but just follow you. Lord, may we not try to assume what you're doing, but realize you work beyond us. God, may we participate with you. May we have purpose this week realizing you want to speak to us. You want us to pray for someone, to serve someone, to give someone something, to bring someone closer to you because you've already been working on them, Jesus. And so God, we dedicate ourselves. We worship you. Speak to us now. Fill us up now. Prepare us now for what is to come. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go to accesschurch.com.